1: Go to CloudOptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's CloudOptimizer.com. It's Berks, Steeler fans. Welcome to another episode of the Steelers Fix podcast part of the Steel Curtain Network from Fans for Sports. Here on The Fix, we talk all things Steelers with a focus on roster building and player development. My name is Andrew Wilbar, alongside, as always, the legendary Jeremy Betts. Jeremy, good to be back with you. Uh, Coming off a bye week, Steelers getting ready to travel cross-country to play the Rams, and a very interesting week six. All that to segue into, how are you doing this week?
0: I'm doing good. I, uh, despite the Steelers having about the worst week possible for themselves, in all a- three AFC North squads turning out victorious, and several AFC contending teams beating NFC teams that they probably shouldn't have, it, it just turned into a, a week where the Steelers. It felt like they fell behind by not playing this week, and it's not great. Especially now you've got a tough matchup against the Rams team that's playing pretty well, and and you're three and two. And a, but a loss would potentially put you in last place in your division just because everybody won this last week. So, man, the Steelers, uh, there's some pressure building, uh, this early in the season, and especially for a team that has not looked good at for large chunks of the season so far, despite being three and two.
1: It is as unpredictable year as any, and I know we say that every year. But this year, from every individual player, especially in fantasy football, there's no consistency this year. None of yeah. the top guys are doing well. You have a bunch of injuries, especially a quarterback this year. Who would have thought we've seen so many quarterback injuries? Guys that we wouldn't necessarily have expected to see go down with injury. Not the typical injury-prone guys. We've seen some random quarterbacks go down with injury. And it's plagued fantasy teams. We've seen a lot of running backs go down. and. Yeah. Every week, it seems like the teams are just going with the hot hand, and you have a different guy doing well each week. It's impossible to set a fantasy lineup consistently. Yeah. Jeremy, I'm struggling in several of my leagues this year, pretty badly. I'm not doing well with my starts and sits. Are you doing any better? No, <laughs> I've
0: got mediocrity across the board. Uh, I don't have anybody that any teams that are uh, like zero and five or or one and four specifically, but a lot of two and threes before this or sorry uh, this is five six weeks in now uh, a lot of you know three and three is a lot of two and fours a lot of four and twos uh, nothing really standing out for me um, it, it it was a bad draft year for me I changed my strategy a little bit and it didn't work out so um, I went wide receiver heavy this year and I'm struggling at the running back position the quarterback position and it's kicking my butt but the consistency is for sure when we get to good bets and bad bets here in a second I've got those injuries in the bat bet, bad bet segment just to just to kind of tease that a little bit. So it's been rough. Well,
1: let's just go straight to that. Really, there's not a whole lot of Steelers news to get into through the bye. It's been a pretty quiet bye week overall, which I guess is a good thing. Players just enjoying the additional rest that they're going to need as they travel across the country to play the red hot Los Angeles Rams. I don't think anybody would have been expecting to say that at this point in the season, but. They're playing really well. We'll dive into that matchup a little bit later, as well as the other matchups luring in the future for the Steelers. But Jeremy, are you ready for good bets and bad bets?
0: I am beyond ready. Let's do it. And three, a two, a one, a go. Let's start out in Miami where the Finns running backs, the Dolphins running backs, it doesn't matter who's back there. They're going to be successful. They're going to put up fantasy points for you. You've seen some injuries. Devon chain has been out uh, or is out now for a, a few weeks. Uh, Salvin Ahmed comes in and puts up uh, double digit fantasy points. And you have Raheem Mostert putting up 35 fantasy points again this week. He's going to be your number one running back this week in fantasy. Who would have thought that? That's crazy stuff. Start your Dolphins running backs. It doesn't matter who it is. Uh, Travis Etienne putting together uh, a couple good weeks in a row here. He's kind of been a guy that's been up and down, that consistency is starting to show. They're really riding him in this offense. He's been playing really well. That's great for ETN owners, especially dynasty owners who have really hoped that he could jump to that next level as a breakout player. How about Adam Thielen in Carolina putting on a show, putting up big points almost every week. He's one of the more consistent wide receivers in fantasy football. Who would have thought that? Nobody, because he was undrafted in a lot of leagues or very late draftee. So uh, that's a guy that has been, Absolutely on a tear. Speaking of on a tear, AJ Brown, get this, Andrew. He has four straight games of 125 or more receiving <laughs> yards. That is a first in Philadelphia history. And that is a first in his career. He has been absolutely unstoppable. The Eagles though, coming off a loss, how do they improve? 30 uh, seconds. Uh, <laughs> all around to get there. So, all right, let's go into the bad bets. The the Denver Broncos. Uh, don't start Denver Broncos <laughs> moving forward. They're unstartable in fantasy for the most part. Russell Wilson has been okay going up into this week and then just absolutely lays a stinker along with the rest of his team. Bad stuff. Seconds. And then the injuries. The injuries are rough. Field Justin Fields, Christian McCaffrey, David Montgomery, Debo Samuel, Trevor Lawrence, and Jimmy G, all questionable moving into next week. <clears throat> and they also ruined your fantasy weeks this week if you started them.
1: Ugh. Yeah, I had Justin Fields in a 2QB league. My other quarterback is Dak Prescott. So needless to say, I am O and will be 0-6 after this week in that league. Ooh, uh, it's a 2QB league. Quarterbacks were flying off the board. So literally in the first two rounds, I took quarterbacks. And neither yep. of them have panned out outside of one or two weeks for Justin Fields. And yep. it's just been bad overall. I've had a lot of injuries. When your running backs are I had Tony Pollard who's been solid, but then my other running backs were Jameer Gibbs who's been a disappointment, Aaron Jones, who's been injured, and Javante Williams, who is my RB4. Looked really solid yeah. on paper coming into the year, but yeah, it has not worked out. And this was a PPR yeah. league. I went running back heavy, just did not work out.
0: Yeah. I I did not go running back heavy this year. I needed to early. Um it's those guys are are playing well and uh I'll be back on that strategy again next year, most likely. So, oh man. Are you ready for the fastest two minutes from the college football weekend?
1: Yes, I am. All right, here we go. In three, two, and one. Let's start off with Keon Coleman, the guy that his head coach just says, when God created him, he was just showing off. Because this guy's (laughs) got incredible athleticism. Six foot three, 215 pounds. Had nine catches for 140 yards and a touchdown. If Florida State's going to make a noise, especially in the college football playoff landscape, they need to get Keon Coleman the ball. The more targets he gets, the more productive this offense is. Get Keon Coleman the football. He could very easily be the second wide receiver taken in the strap behind Marvin Harrison Harrison Jr., excuse me. Darius Hodges, the guy, you know, when I was talking about Tajay Spears back at the combine, he said the best locker room guy, the funniest guy in the locker room, outside of himself, of course, (laughs) is. He didn't say that, but defensive lineman Darius Hodges, six foot two, 280 pounds. He only had three tackles this week, but two of them were sacks. He has five and a half sacks on the season. Mm. Versatile defensive lineman can move up and down the defensive line, has some pass rush in him, as we're seeing by his numbers this year. Great influence in the locker room. Absolutely love Darius Hodges. I think this is the third time we mentioned Jonah Ellis this year. He had one and a half more sacks and two and a half more tackles for loss so far. He has nine. On the season already, which is incredible. Yeah, uh, he is just racking up the sacks, racking up the tackles for a loss. He could potentially make it into the first round just because of the crazy stats. Jack Sawyer and JT Tui They there really wasn't a whole lot of pass rush for Ohio State in their win this past weekend. But both of them compa- uh, had one and a half sacks apiece, the combined for the three sacks that Ohio State had. Then, if you want to sleep a sleeper receiver, Jaden Higgins, wide receiver, Iowa State transfer from Eastern Kentucky, six foot four, two hundred thirty pass, seconds, six catches for one hundred seventy-two yards. Colin Oliver, edge from Oklahoma State. Smile, man. Monta- uh, never mind. even mind. I'm not even getting to all these. T- <laughs> Well, you still have twenty seconds left. Oh, I thought you said five seconds. Oh my bad. I'm so sorry. Colin oh, Oliver, Ed from Oklahoma State, six foot <laughs> two, two thirty five. Had two and a half sacks, two passes defended this week for Oklahoma State. Smail Mondin, six tackles, one sack. He's playing really solid. He could be the next linebacker the Steelers need to become the defense they want to become. I think that's all I'm gonna to get to. Edifon Olofosio. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm right now. I have time. <laughs> that's all right. Sorry, I tried to get it in the mic 30
0: seconds, but you I know, just showed the T seconds. I must have gotten five out of it. I'm like, man, that went fast. <laughs> no, it yeah, it went. It wasn't, wasn't that fast, but uh, it did go fast. Um, Yeah. My Ohio State boys looked pretty good this week, but that was against Purdue. The big test will be this next week against uh, Penn State. Man, big matchup.
1: It is one of the biggest games of the year. It's going to be interesting to see who it pulls it out. How confident are you that they actually pull it off?
0: not confidence (laughs) Uh, i i don't have the confidence in kyle mccord honestly to to be that guy this year for them and um they've just been too close for comfort in a lot of big games so far and uh this was really the first time they actually put a stomping on somebody so i'll take it you need that momentum going into a big week um but it's going to be tough it really is that penn state team they're firing on all the cylinders they're looking good
1: Nothing like good old Big Ten action. You don't get any better than that on a Saturday in the noon yeah. time slot. That's right. So, fans, we're going to shift gears to the remainder of the Steelers schedule. We're going to make our predictions game by game. You don't want to go anywhere. Stay tuned. The Steelers fix. will be back right after these messages. Welcome back to the second half of the Steelers Fix podcast. Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts back with you. And Jeremy, we're getting into the topic of today's show. There wasn't a whole lot new to talk about with the Steelers. So we thought that this would be an interesting week to break down the remainder of the Steelers schedule. The Steelers have a schedule that that features several pockets of home games. And then you have pockets of road games, including three of the final four games of the year that are going to be on the road. There's challenges along the way, but still, overall, when you look at the schedule, there's no game that you're looking at and saying, oh, that's just not winnable for the Steelers. Yeah, It's possible that the Steelers could win any of these games, but at the same time, there's potential. There's the potential for some things to really go wrong based upon the teams they're facing, the schemes the Steelers are going to have to face and adapt to, as well as finding a way to minimize the damage that Matt Canada can create with this Excuse for an offense, Jeremy. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's true. I, I, you're going to be probably be surprised by how the direction I'm going to go here, uh, with some of these picks. But I think that you know the Steelers, I don't know, something's got to give some sometime. And what this offense and defense, I don't know if we've seen enough for them to to be what we've seen in the past. But you know, maybe they also make a leap. You know. There's, there's too many unknowns here, but I think um, as far as what we've seen from the offense, we, we know their ceiling and uh, the floors, the ceiling, <laughs> it's not <Yeah>. good. <laughs> so it's um, crawl space at this point. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're exactly right. Um, if you're okay with it, I'll just jump into Rams right away Go here. For it. Uh, long trip out West, an offensive system that they've struggled with mightily this year. I think it's another L and I don't, expected to be particularly close either potentially here so i'm going to say that the rams take all the air out of pittsburgh um on this road game and all the steelers fans that will be there because there's going to be uh it's going to basically be a home game for pittsburgh for crowd purposes but i still think the rams they just give they're going to give the steelers enough problems that uh maybe they win something along the lines of of 27 to 13 27 to 14 Um, something along those lines. We'll see the Rams defense is a little suspect, but I don't know if that matters (laughs) so much. So uh, that's going to be my prediction. The Steelers, uh, fall to three and three after the bye.
1: I I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I think the Steelers can keep it within a score potentially but I don't see the Steelers winning it. The Steelers do bad after bye weeks under Mike Tomlin, and they do bad going out West under Mike Tomlin. This is not a good recipe for success this week. I think that the Rams take this one. I'm I'm pretty confident, honestly, in the way that things are trending, the way the Rams are playing, Steelers are not playing them at a good time. the NFL, it's not who you play, it's when you play them. And right now, the Rams are one of the most consistent and most efficient teams in the NFL right now, and I don't think anyone was expecting that to be said at this point of the season, let's go to week eight Jacksonville, yep. Florida teams. Not exactly Mike Tomlin's cup of tea either. Yep. What are you going with here?
0: So this is where uh Steelers fans probably going to get mad at me, but I predict a loss here too mm-hmm. uh, at home against Jacksonville um, coming out of the bye, slow. Uh, I just don't, I just don't feel it with this offense this year. And I think that there's enough turmoil inside and outside of the building that it could make a difference um, I think maybe they keep this one closer at home. Tough team. They typically play better against tougher competition, yep. but I still think Jacksonville wins this game and sends the Steelers to three and four now on the season.
1: I agree. I think this I, I I have a hard time just imagining in my head, especially after a home game, the Steelers often struggles two more games. I mean, this you heard the fire can't a chance in a game. The Steelers won and, and or 3-2, imagine how loud those with three and four. are so so, going to be when at I think the running game might do enough to keep it close and keep Jacksonville's offense off the field. And Jacksonville's offense hasn't been as good as what we were expecting it to be overall either. Trevor Lawrence hasn't been great but I think midseason is about the time Jacksonville starts to get things into form. Doug Peterson teams usually turned around about the halfway point. Yeah, I think it's a close game. I could easily see the Steelers pulling it out, but uh, Jacksonville is not necessarily a team. I think the Steelers match up well with from offense to defense. I think that they have enough potency on the front end of their defense to be able to get home on the Steelers and disrupt yep. Kenny Pickett and his, uh, his rhythm inside the pocket. I think Jacksonville takes this one. We're both, so far, we both agree at three and four. This is where we may split off a little bit, Jeremy. I don't know Tennessee. I I don't think either of us were super high on coming into the season. Right, we saw what happened this past Sunday with them pulling out Ryan Tannehill for a while, trying Malik Willis on a drive, and uh, it, it resulted in points. But uh, a combination of Malik Willis's uh, lack of a pocket awareness. Yeah. is just inability, is lack of confidence, really more than anything, I think, and that's due to Tennessee's in, ineptitude from last year, and then just you know not a whole lot around him, and I think all contributed to a lot of sacks. I, I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen with Tennessee, and I I know that they still have Derrick Henry. If he's healthy, he's going to be difficult for the Steelers to stop, especially if Cam Hayward's not back, and I don't think he's going to be. It, it's not going to be an easy task. I think the Steelers can pull this one off just because there is not much threat of a passing game right now in Tennessee.
0: Yeah. And actually Andrew uh, Tannehill was on crutches after this game. So he left because of injury He Willis, left because of injury. Okay. Yeah, Willis filled in for him.
1: Um, I did not see anything after any of that. Right. when The injury actually happened. So my apologies. About sure. That. And I
0: wasn't sure to the extent of the injury and so far, to this point, I was expecting to actually peg the Steelers for a loss here as well, um, and, and give them a three-game skid coming out of the bye. But if Malik Willis plays, I think the Steelers win this football game, and I so I'm going to go ahead and say Tannehill's injury here aside, and the and Titans um, issues specifically on the offensive side of the ball as well. I think the Steelers match up a little bit better with them, so I'll give them a win here to get back to 500 on the season at four and four.
1: If the Steelers do lose those first two games out of the bye and it's clear the Steelers are not going anywhere this year, you have no idea how difficult it's going to be for me to hope the Steelers win (laughs) a game against Malik Willis. Yeah, You have Malik (laughs) going against Kenny. I want Kenny to be the better quarterback because he's our quarterback, but I'm telling you what, if the Steelers have a chance to get a better draft pick, they're not going anywhere unload at the trade deadline boys unload at the trade deadline while you have the chance trade Deontay. If you can get anything for him, if that's a big, if honestly, at this point it is, but let's move to green Bay green Bay. Jordan love has been solid, not necessarily super flashy, but we've seen his talent. We've seen his arm strength. We've seen everything we knew he's had. And I I think it's only fair to assume if Christian Watson can stay healthy and the offensive line can, or, uh, continue to help protect Jordan love. I think we could see even better play from love down the stretch, a home game could be a difficult one though. And green yeah. Bay is they always like to play the Steelers tough. I could see this being a close game, but if you have both Aaron Jones and Christian Watson healthy, yeah. if cam Hayward is not back for this game, I'm a little bit concerned about this one before I give my prediction. I want to see kind of where you're going with this. See if you can maybe change my mind a little bit.
0: Yeah. So the Packers are, very interesting team this season. <coughs> the injuries have really killed their momentum so far this season. They came out firing on all cylinders against Chicago in Week One, and then it's kind of been up and down and up and down uh, the the following weeks. And I think injuries have played a huge role in that. If, like you said, Aaron Jones is healthy, Christian Watson doing his thing, and uh, you know Jordan Love still playing well. Um, I think that they can give the Steelers some issues. This is, again, another one of those Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan offenses that um, that Matt uh, LaFleur likes to run over there, and that's been tough. So I'm going to give the Steelers a win over one of these squads, and I'm going to give it over the Packers. I just think that the, Jordan Love likes to play a little bit more drop back than the other guys do. Um, And so I think that that plays more into the Steelers hands as a defensive unit, more splash plays potentially. So I'm going to pick the Steelers here in a tight one uh, at home, a heart pounder to the end, as they always do. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, oh, and I think we forgot to mention this. I think the Titans game is actually Thursday night football. So they'll have a little bit extra time here. Going into this game against the Packers, a little extra rest after that Thursday night football matchup. So I'm going to go ahead and give the Steelers the win here against the
1: Packers. It, this one is difficult for me, but I think I'm going to agree with you with the win. I, I have mixed feelings about this one because I do like the way the Packers look if they're fully healthy. But I like the reasoning you put out there and being a home game scene the concern is that there's two AFC North road games following this and you don't yeah. want the Steelers to be looking ahead to those games. But I think the Packers are a quality enough opponent where they, they know that, you know, every game matters at this point, it's going to be a tough stretch regardless of, you know, uh, how well the offense performs. The Steelers see themselves as a contender still. And each game is going to matter, especially home games. You got to win these. I think the Steelers pulled out in a nail biter, a low scoring nail biter. Yeah. Uh, you I'll make a five. ton of
0: sense. You make a ton of sense there with, the two AFC North teams back to back on the road right after this game, that that spells trap of all traps to me. Yep. So that that would be something to watch for. The Steelers better be on their P's and Q's that week or they're going to find themselves uh losers heading into uh showdown number two against Cleveland.
1: I think this is the point of the season, Jeremy, where you want to see significant improvement from the offensive line. Once you get to week 10, half yeah. the season's gone by, they should be a much more a group with much more continuity overall. And I think this is the game where we start seeing Najee Harris slowly become more efficient. I think this is the game where you could see Jalen Warren really take not may not take the league by storm. I don't know if he's quite that talented of a back to be able to just totally go off for multiple hundred yard games. But I think if you're looking at it, someone who could really break out and become a known player throughout the league. I think Jalen Warren could in a game like, say, the Titans or a game like the Packers. I think this is when you start to see the tide shift on the offensive line and you also see uh, Cam Hayward, guys like that coming back from injury and you're starting to see hopefully a pretty much a full, healthy defense moving into two physical games, and one of which is Week 11 against the Browns. Yeah, How do you feel about this one? It's difficult to beat an opponent twice in a year especially when the second game is on the road. And if Deshaun Watson is healthy, which he's struggled to do so, so far this year, if he is back healthy, what are the Browns like? Uh, The Steelers beat the Browns without uh, Nick Chubb. Once Nick Chubb went out of the game, that's what changed the mood of the game. But can they do it a second time though? I'm not quite as confident this time. The Steelers can do it twice, especially if Watson's any bit better than what he was in the first matchup. What say you?
0: I just think that the Steelers, (laughs) they just have Cleveland's number. Uh, Mike Tomlin owns the Browns, and it's not going to change again this year. The Browns have won a couple more games recently. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they won this game, but I'm going to pick the Steelers here. Um, In Cleveland, uh, AFC North ball, these guys get up for that type of stuff, and I, I think that the Steelers know how to handle this Cleveland offense, this Kevin Stefanski offense for the most part. Um, so we'll see, but I'm going to pick a Steelers win here. And now we're back on like a Steelers winning streak. I've got three games in a row, six and four for the Steelers. Feeling pretty good about ourselves uh, with a big matchup against the Bengals coming up, but um, we'll see. I-, I-, I still think the Steelers play the AFC North really tough, especially the Ravens and the Browns right now. And uh, so I think a sweep of the Browns is in order for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm
1: going to say – I I have this one's lost, so I have us at five and five. But okay. going into Cincinnati, week twelve, I'm going to say lost as well.
0: Yeah, I was tempted,
1: <laughs> but it's a road game. I yeah. know the Steelers don't typically lose back to back games under Tomlin, but
0: but against that Browns defense the week prior, and then you've got to go to Cincinnati. It's play a quick, in their building.
1: It's a quick turnaround a second road game that's physical in a row. You just got to hope that you get out of that first one without any injuries. It's difficult to do that against the Browns. Uh, I don't like the, just the way that the schedule came up in this scenario, the Steelers, the more you look at the more, the Steelers have to win at least two of those three home games before the Browns and Bengals game. If not, that's that's end of season. I'm going to say loss here as well. Five and six through 12 weeks. Do you have anything to add here?
0: Um I uh that speed on offense for Cincinnati is a real problem if you're if you're the Steelers coming out of Browns week. Um because it's just gonna be so physical. That Browns offensive line is gonna beat people up. The only saving grace potentially here is that maybe these two games are the first two games we see Cam Hayward back on, on the field potentially. Uh you might get him back for Packers. You probably get him back for Packers. Um maybe a warm-up game against the Packers. <laughs> and then uh, straight into AFC North ball against uh, the Ravens and Bengals back to back. But yeah, I think a loss here is, is probably what's happening. I don't know about you, Andrew, but the Bengals look a little bit different now with Joe Burrow looking healthy and those wide receivers playing well. I know they struggled a little bit against Seattle, especially in the second half. Well, they struggled a lot against Seattle in the second half, but Seattle has a secondary that the Steelers don't have uh, a, a couple guys, a couple, corners and some players on the back end that the Steelers just don't have back there to stop these wide receivers we'll see what they can do but I'd be concerned about the Bengals defense too they know how to stop teams in in critical situations they did against the the Seahawks this last week so I'm going to say loss here Steelers at six and five in my my
1: calculations here so we're six and five we got five and six and we have the Arizona Cardinals Jeremy, I said at the beginning of the year that Kyler Murray may never play a game again for the Arizona Cardinals.
0: Looking more and more like
1: it. It's looking more and more like it. Josh Dobbs coming to town against his former team. If that is indeed the case, do you think the Steelers can stop Josh Dobbs or does Josh Dobbs know the Steelers' offense enough and more importantly, the defense enough yeah. to know what he needs to do to be able to bring them out on top. This is the double
0: revenge game. Uh Andrew, you got James, James Conner. James Connor. If he's back healthy, should be by this time, and then Josh Dobbs there. Um, I I'm going to go I'm going to go a Steelers win here. Um, and I'm going to say that they get to 7 and 5. Uh, the Cardinals' defense is not good. It it just really isn't. And I think that <clears throat> excuse me, if there's a team in the league that the Steelers can put points up against, it's probably this Cardinals' team. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pick it right here, Andrew. This is the highest-scoring game of the season for the Pittsburgh Steelers on offense. So I'm going to say that. They've scored 26. That's their highest so far. I think they get more and than How that. many of those
1: points were scored by the offense? Uh, 12. <laughs> so in other words, you're saying if the Steelers can get you know, 15 points in a game, that may be the highest-scoring offensive-scoring output of the year.
0: Well, the highest-scoring offensive output of the year is twenty-three against the, the Raiders. Okay, that's true. Uh, so well, let's go with that. Let's ride that as like the high for the for the okay. offense. But as a team, twenty-six against the Browns in week two, that was that's been the high so far. So uh but I'm gonna say that that, that they win this game seven and five here.
1: I'm gonna say they win too. I, I this is a game that scares me after two physical games. And yeah. then you do have that revenge game. This is what I could easily see Arizona coming out on top of, and it would make a whole lot of sense. It'd be a very Steelers thing to do to drop this one. But I think the sense of urgency is going to be enough uh, to where if the Steelers want to salvage their season, I think this is a game where you see Kenny Pickett connect with George Pickens late, just like we saw a week ago, connect late to come out and save the Steelers season. Really at this point, uh, I think that's what's going to happen in this one. I have the Steelers winning as well. Getting us to what's, six and six now. Yeah. yeah six and six. six and six
0: for you, seven and five for me. So we're neck and neck,
1: but well, we have the Patriots, but we don't even know who's going to be the quarterback. Is it going to be Malik Cunningham? Is it going to be Bailey Zappi? Our boy Bailey. I mean, yeah. Matt yeah, Jones still they, too. Yeah. I mean, Bailey's got to be thrown into that conversation in last year's quarterback class as well. I think the majority of Patriots fans are finally willing to admit that Bailey Zappi is a better quarterback than Mac Jones. Maybe. Um, although get this, they had him as the third stringer
0: this week. They put Malik uh, Cunningham at, at number two going into this game. So
1: Bill know. Belichick makes absolutely no sense ever since he's lost Tom Brady. I yeah. I was wrong with how much of, I thought it was 90% Bill Belichick and Brady was more the beneficiary in anything, but no, Bill Belichick, I'm not saying he's not a good coach or anything like that. I'm not saying that. But when he's playing honest football and not cheating, (laughs) the results
0: ain't too good. Andrew, let me tell you this. Let me ask you this. Are there two NFL squads that that are living off of past successes more than the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots? There are not, in my opinion. Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Dallas Cowboys. Maybe. (laughs) I think though, that they've, they've got infrastructure in place that the Steelers and, and, and Patriots don't have, uh, especially the Patriots. Um, and they, they coach an old school style that doesn't work very much anymore in the NFL. And I think they're being, they're being moved past as far as success goes. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see, but, um, we need to get this rolling. I think before our time runs out, uh,
1: One of the things we were mentioning, and I I don't want to backtrack, but we were mentioning how I think it was some Jeffrey Benedict had mentioned before the season started. By the time you get to week 12, that first game against the Bengals is when you want Joey Porter Jr. out there being able to cover one of the Bengals' big receivers. Yeah. And I think he's already played to the level of that. But at this point, you've got to think, especially by week 14, down the stretch, Joey Porter Jr. has got to be the one in in a game like this. He's got to be the one covering Kendrick Bourne. Slash Juju Smith Schuster, whoever that guy is, uh, and just blanketing them. The next week, Michael Pittman. I think you put Joey Porter Jr. on that guy and get physical with him at the line. Indianapolis Colts at Colts, not an easy game. I, I do have the Patriots winning. I mean, the Steelers winning that game, by the way. So seven and Me six. Well, I have them. you have eight the and five with a win, win over
0: the Patriots eight on Thursday Night Football. That one as well.
1: Yes, Thursday Night Football at the Colts, though. I I know the Steelers don't typically lose to rookie quarterbacks, anything like that. But with Jonathan Taylor back, and if you have a healthy Anthony Richardson, I'm not sure if the Steelers are equipped to stop a running game that potent. I think the Colts take this one.
0: Uh, Yeah. Uh, Anthony Richardson is, and it may come out that he does it, but by the time this runs, he's considering season-ending surgery. So that would play into this as well. We'll keep an eye on that. But um, for now, I would say that the Steelers have their hands full at Indianapolis. That running game Yeah, that running game could absolutely kill them. And the Colts defense is scrappy. So I'm going to say a loss here as well at Indianapolis to uh, bring it to eight and six for me
1: now. So we're still only one game apart. I'm seven and seven. You're eight and and six. six. Yep, With three games left Cincinnati at home knowing the last two games are on the road. I think the Steelers stay focused. I think the Steelers win this game. Despite okay. Cincinnati maybe being working on all cylinders, I think the Steelers stop in. TJ Watt makes a final stamp on why he should be not just the defense player, but the MVP of the league. Has ooh, a monster ooh. game. You're like talking it. a three to four sack game here. I think Steelers come out on top. Great defensive performance. Wins it. I have the Steelers winning this one at home.
0: This is a loss for the Steelers, and we're finally back together here, Andrew. <laughs> uh, eight and seven apiece now. Um, I, I think that the Steelers get swept by the Bengals this year. I think at this point in the season that the ceiling of the Steelers uh, has been reached, and it's not going to be good enough to to beat this Bengals team. So uh, we're at eight and seven now in, in my uh, set here with two games to play. It's coming down to it.
1: We have just a couple minutes left. So let's just run by the last two. Seahawks. I I I underestimate this team every year. They never yeah. look that great on paper, but they always overperform. Kenneth Walker's I I mean I thought Zach Charbonnet might come in and you know be like a 50/50 workload, but Kenneth Walker's running so well right now. If he can stay healthy, it, it's a Geno Smith is making that offense move for the second year in a row and yeah. if that team remains healthy they're not a team you want to face in december
0: they're not and i think the Steelers lose this game too to go to eight and eight with one game to play uh in seattle tough place to play that's probably the the toughest stadium to play in that they'll play in this year and they have to travel out west again for that this to me has loss written all over it again with sandwiched between two afc north squads Oh, it's so tough. This is a tough end of the season for the Steelers, and I think it's another loss here.
1: Well, here's going to be the nail-biter question because we both have the team at 8-8 and going into the last week. Before we get to the final question, what is your result of at Ravens? I'm going to say it's a win. One, because as much as I would, if the Steelers aren't going to make the playoffs, I just want the excuse to be put out. About the non losing seasons, but it never works out that way. Steelers will do it. Not enough changes <laughs> will be made. Steelers will come out with a win they did not deserve, and they're going to need some help to get into the playoffs. What say you?
0: So, this one is, is interesting because obviously, the Ravens, if they keep playing well, they could potentially be resting people. So, we'll see. Uh, they don't like to rest people against the Steelers, but, um, I'm going to say a loss actually. And the Steelers go eight and nine and it's Mike Tomlin's first losing season. And it turns art Rooney into uh, answers, man. He needs answers right away. And that does enough to wake the Steelers out of their slumber. Mike Tomlin out of his slumber. Mike Tomlin will still be the coach in 2024. I believe that. I believe he'll be the coach until he says he doesn't want to be the coach anymore. Yeah, But that does enough to shake it up to where the, where art says, all right, all right, that's enough. Let's, let's brain trust this here. And let's actually get some, some good coaches in to get this thing rolling tough way to end the season for the Steelers. um, But I think there's enough winnable games here in the middle that they keep it close to 500. They might even win enough. I mean, I have them losing to the Colts. I think they might, they could easily win that game. Um, They could, they could beat the Jaguars. Who, Who knows? They could be well above 500 by this point. If, the defense plays up to its standard just because of the schedule and the, and the type of teams that they're playing. But by this point, I just think the the a slow finish or a bad finish to the season, maybe three losses in a row like I have here to close out the year, that could spell doom for the Steelers um, season and playoff hopes and doom for Matt Canada, Terrell Austin and uh, several people on the coaching staff.
1: So if the Steelers go nine and eight, let's say they're eight and eight going into that final week. Are the Steelers in any sort of playoff contention? My take is that just based on how the AFC looks right now, I think they will be in the hunt until week yeah. 17. But it is going to, they would need the help of maybe two th- or three, at least other teams for them to even have a chance to get in.
0: Yeah, I think they'll need help to get in if they're sitting eight and eight with one game to play. I think, honestly, 10 games was my threshold going into the season. Yep. I don't think that, I think nine and eight might be more feasible after some of the injuries we've seen. An inconsistent play from the teams at the top, Um, but I I just don't know. I I think nine and eight is pushing it, but I think they'll be in contention still at that point. Uh, They're probably in contention uh, for me until they lose a couple games in a row to end to end the year.
1: Well, be sure to follow Jeremy at the Bet's ninety three. We've got more coming up in. Future weeks to come, we'll be breaking down the Steelers' latest game next week as well as who knows what else we're talking about. But, Jeremy, real, <laughs> real briefly, what's coming up on the website this week?
0: Yeah, I've got power rankings. I've got uh, fantasy uh, waiver wire wish list as well as the uh, DFS uh, preview that will happen on Tuesdays and Thursdays this week. So check that out. Lots coming
1: on the website. Be sure to check us out, dot fansfirstsports.com. This has been the Dealers Fix brought to you by Fans First Sports.
0: Oh, like Jake